Poncho. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including the National Football League. Lamar Jackson has been a guest on our show dating back to his time with the Louisville Cardinals of the ACC. The Heisman Trophy winner had plenty of skeptics as he jumped to the NFL. He dropped all the way to the end of the first round and was the fifth QB selected year before last draft. Every NFL team that had a pick passed on him until it got to the Baltimore Ravens at number 32, and even they selected someone else before they picked Lamar Jackson with their second pick in the first round. That guy, through the skepticism, and after a rookie year, remember, that saw him on the bench behind Joe Flacco for a while, but then the starter as the Ravens made the run into the playoffs, but then remember the starter without much distinction as the Ravens were eliminated by the Chargers in the first round of the playoffs and the skeptics came back out again. Lamar Jackson was on the field again last night as week 12 of the NFL's regular season came to an eye-opening conclusion. It was Ravens 45, Rams 6 on Monday Night Football. The best records in the NFL, I think, are led by the two best teams in the NFL, both members of the AFC, the 10-1 New England Patriots and the 9-2 Baltimore Ravens. The Niners are 10-1, the Saints and the Seahawks are also 9-2 on the NFC side of things. But remember that those two best in the AFC did go head-to-head, -head, and it was not only Baltimore over New England, led by Lamar Jackson, it was the Ravens 37-20 over the Patriots of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. In the last five games, the Baltimore Ravens have beaten four playoff contenders. They won 30-16 at the Seahawks, one of only two losses for Seattle. They won 37-20 at home over New England, the only loss for the Patriots to this point. They blew out Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans, remember, 41-7. And then last night, it was Sean McVay's Rams taking by far the worst beating of his young and impressive head coaching career, 45-6, was the final score on Monday Night Football. The crowd started chanting MVP, MVP, at the end of a game where Lamar Jackson led six drives before giving way to a relief pitcher, if you will, five touchdowns and a field goal on those six drives. He was 15 for 20 passing, 169 yards. He matched his career high with five touchdown passes. And in the first half, he was nine for nine passing with four touchdown drives. When I say they chanted MVP, 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 keep in mind, the game was not in Baltimore. The game was in Los Angeles. And no, the Rams don't have the long-term built-in fan base because of those St. Louis years, among other things. But when the road fans are joining the MVP champ, 
Chant, you know you are doing something special. He's not the only candidate, but we will talk some Lamar Jackson. We'll also hear some of our favorite quotes from him as he appeared on the David Glenn Show over the years. We'll also have two great guests, Heather Dinich on college football from ESPN, Will Brinson, senior NFL writer on all things NFL from CBS Sports. Earlier today, I was digging out some Lamar Jackson quotes from our Twitter feed at David Glenn Show. And I noticed one from almost three months ago today from our guest later, Will, Grinson, Will Brinson. So hat tip and shout out to Will as he joins us in about 60 minutes. DG, he said, I'm a bit higher on those Baltimore Ravens than I was even going into this year's post preseason. This is Will Brinson uh, three months ago on our show. I think people are sleeping on this Ravens team. Look at the analytics and what Mark Ingram, the running back, does when he runs it out of the shotgun. And that Lamar Jackson guy is a better passer than he gets credit for. You just watch, said Will Brinson. Well, we've been watching. And, folks, the numbers are off the charts. The skeptics, of course, will not go away entirely until Lamar Jackson translates into the postseason, what he has done now for a second consecutive uh, regular season. The loss to the Chargers weighs over a story that is otherwise truly brilliant. And we welcome your questions and comments on that story and other things NFL. As we wish everybody an early happy Thanksgiving and look forward to a live show tomorrow before we give you a best of edition of the David Glenn Show on Thursday and Friday. Some of your affiliates locally may run alternative programming, but that's what we provide in case they'd like to play that. We'll get into some college football week 14 begins tonight actually and then more games thursday turkey day and friday and saturday among friday's games remember uva virginia tech will the Hokies keep that long impressive winning streak alive at the expense of the rival cavaliers the winner will face the clemson tigers in charlotte for the acc title lots of games saturday of course new committee rankings tonight for college football fans as we are coming down the stretch in that sport it is rivalry week in college football and that inspires one of our questions of the day what is the best rivalry football what is the best football rivalry involving at least one team from the great state of North Carolina. I ask you this, and I mean any level, because if you think about it, folks, if we were talking about college basketball or NASCAR or other things, I mean, lacrosse and soccer, it goes on and on and on. The state of North Carolina, in some categories, has the very best rivalry. If you say basketball, I like Lakers-Celtics, too, at the NBA level, but Duke-Carolina in men's basketball and really Duke Carolina in a lot of sports where they're both good, but led by Blue Devils Tar Heels on the hard court, our best rivalry is crystal clear in this state, and it's not only well-known around here, it is well-known in all 50 states and two large numbers of people truly around the world. Duke Carolina in basketball up there with Yankees, Red Sox, and only a handful of any rivalry in any sport anywhere in the world. We don't really have that in football, do we? I mean, we have NASCAR rivalries in this state. We have soccer rivalries, especially at the college level. We have a lot of rivalries in a lot of sports. I'm not sure what our automatic best rivalry is, and it might not even be a rivalry involving two North Carolina-based teams. I mean, could it be the Panthers against one of their NFC South rivals? Could it be one of our great high school football rivalries? Is that really... When we say basketball, it's Duke Carolina, and we're best in the world. In a week, 
where a lot of the best college football rivalries are resumed, what is the best that we have to offer at any level? I mean, I know state is hosting Carolina, but there are many years, folks, where 49 states worth of college football fans don't care at all about the outcome of the Tar Heels Wolfpack football game. This might be one of those years, actually, with State not being a bowl team and the Tar Heels needing a win in Raleigh just to become a 6-6 six and six bowl game. Mac Brown's doing great things. Appreciated him dropping by yesterday. That is a story worth watching in the longer term and in the bigger picture. But there's really nothing special going on in that rivalry right now compared to what we consider the best rivalries in college football. Not all of these play this week, but rivalry week in college football. Army-Navy, of course, play each other every year. Alabama-Auburn do play each other this week. Michigan-Ohio State not only play each other this week, it matters a lot for obvious reasons. The undefeated Buckeyes against the two lost Wolverines. Oklahoma-Texas is on that short list. Southern Cal-Notre Dame, for some, is a top 10 college football rivalry. You've got Georgia-Florida. You've got Miami-FSU, especially in the old days. Harvard-Yale, if you want to go down the ladder a little bit. Florida-Florida State for a while. And then depending what part of the country you're most familiar with, you might like a Cal Stanford, you might like a Pitt West Virginia, you might like a Texas, Texas A&M, and it goes on and on and on. What is our best football rivalry involving at least one team in the state of North Carolina? Is it State Carolina because they're the two big public universities playing Power 5 level football? Is it something else? Whatever it is. It pales in comparison to most of the rivalries that I just mentioned. It is rivalry week in college football. It doesn't always feel like we are a full participant in that rivalry story as we are in so many other sports that we love to follow. Today happens to be, really overnight tonight happens to be, the 10-year anniversary of Tiger Woods hitting the fire hydrant and his personal and professional life swirling down the drain. That happened kind of overnight tonight, so into tomorrow, if you will, November 27th, 2009, but overnight, the wee hours of the morning, late on the 26th, early on the 27th. Question of the day for Ti those who have followed Tiger Woods, whether you call yourself a fan or not, do you like Tiger more or less than you did 10 years ago, and why? Maybe your opinion hasn't changed at all. It is the 10-year anniversary of the most embarrassing public moment of his life and career. He's done some good things since then, but remember that fire hydrant contributed to a 10-year no more major victory streak for Tiger Woods. He finally broke that with the Masters earlier this calendar year, but he was stuck on 14, four behind that Jack Nicholas guy for a long time, and a big chunk of that came in the aftermath of the unforgettable fire hydrant night. Number two on the majors list still at 15, but number one on the most dominant golfer ever in his prime list. Your questions, comments, and thoughts on the Tiger Woods question of the day. Do you like him more or less than you did 10 years ago today, and why? You can jump in on Tiger. You can jump in on football rivalries. We, we know the famous ones. We're asking what's the best football rivalry involving at least one team from North Carolina. Maybe it is two in-state teams. Maybe you got to pick one of our teams 
and pick one of their opponents from out of state to find the best comparison to some of those other famous football rivalries that we mentioned. We'll get to some NBA, we'll get to some college basketball, and of course a lot of football, including with your participation. Heather Dinich of ESPN in our third hour on college football, Will Brinson of CBS Sports on the NFL in our second hour. Your phone calls now. As intern Sam, representing the University of North Carolina, will be the first voice that you hear. You'll also hear directly from Lamar Jackson. Jackson, man of the hour in the NFL, from his visits here on the David Glenn Show. I'll also tell you the comparables, since Lamar Jackson right now is the leading candidate for NFL MVP. When you do a little analytic search or even a basic Google search, who in NFL history at the quarterback position, whose names pop up as those dangerous dual threat guys that can, yes, hurt you with their legs, but also hurt you with their arm. That's what Lamar Jackson is getting better and better at. He's been an athlete since his days at a Florida high school. He is becoming more and more of a polished passer to go with that amazing athleticism. He is the story of the day. We will give you Lamar Jackson in his own words from his visits here on the David Glenn Show. And we welcome your questions and comments on the NFL, college football, college basketball, NBA, and other headlines of the day. one 800 84 Lamar's mom to this moment has a special place in his life. He told us about that on one of his visits. He talked about how the Heisman Trophy win during his time with the Louisville Cardinals did or did not change him as a person. And he even told a story about being a little kid, just a no-name little guy that nobody knew who he was. And he was on the receiving end of a, he was on the, the uh, requesting end of an autograph request. And we'll never forget how that high profile athlete reacted to his request. That plays right into why he handles autographs a certain way to this day. Lamar Jackson from David Glenn Show appearances and your phone calls on the Tiger Woods question of the day, the college football rivalry week question of the day, and a whole bunch on Lamar Jackson, 1-800-849-2761. Two great guests later, your phone calls now as we wish you an early happy Thanksgiving from the David Glenn Show. Dabo Sweeney, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Yeah, How man. are you, man? Good to see you. It's great to How see you. Been? I saw that you took your family to Italy. It was unbelievable to go to Rome and to stand at the Coliseum that was built in 80, 80. <laughs> Eight zero. The original Death Valley. You know, literally. This is the David Glenn Show. Trying to better myself, better my team, know the guys around me. I'm trying to improve our record. You know, we're trying to bring our fan spirit back up. You know, we didn't, we didn't end the season off well. And I feel that we took that and ran with as motivation. Turn the season around this year. Coming as, um, as a contender this year. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That was Lamar Jackson on one of his visits to our program. That one as a member of the Louisville Cardinals. Those words pretty apropos today as in he's, he's in his first full year as the starter for the Baltimore Ravens. He was the star of the show last night on Monday Night Football. Ravens 45, Rams 6. Get a load of this. Lamar Jackson now has three different performances that are a 99 or essentially perfect in the QBR category. Remember, this is a guy more famous for his running, putting up, Numbers that in some cases match Ben Roethlisberger, only guys ever to put up perfect passer ratings twice in the same season. Lamar Jackson 
dual threat from Louisville, second-year quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. He finished as their starter last year. He was brilliant again last night. He was not great as the Ravens were eliminated by the Chargers in their first playoff game a year ago. But he's grown. He's gotten better. As we come to your calls, including on our questions of the day, and as we look forward to Will Brinson on the NFL from CBS Sports, Heather Dinich on college football from ESPN, couple questions of the day. It was 10 years ago, overnight tonight, that Tiger Woods hit the fire hydrant in front of his Florida home. Josh Peter of USA Today, get this, actually tracked down where the Escalade is today, 10 years later, it has had like six different owners, but it is still out there with like 150,000 miles plus on the odometer. He tracked down some of the mistresses. Let's say that their lives haven't gone all that well, the ones he could find. He tracked down the neighbors. Remember the story of somebody bringing out a blanket and Tiger's wife at the time, the lovely Elin Nordgren, saying, please help me, call 911, help my husband here. And they brought out blankets, and they put the pillow under the head of an in-distress Tiger Woods right there on the street after he hit the fire hydrant. Those neighbors he tracked down, Josh Peter of USA Today did, tracked down the responding officer that was there that night. His career has gone in some interesting directions. Our question of the day for you do you like Tiger Woods more or less right now than you did then and why? And since it's rivalry week in college football and we're feeling a little left out here in North Carolina, we have some of the best rivalries in many sports, and I'm not sure we have one that most of the nation cares about in football at any level. In a sport where Army, Navy, and Alabama, Auburn, and Michigan, Ohio State, and a whole bunch of others are truly nationally famous, important beyond their backyard. We have that with Duke Carolina in basketball. We have that. Heck, almost all the NASCAR teams are based here. So if there's a rivalry, yeah, they're both North Carolina teams, if you will, in that sport, among many others. What is the best football rivalry? And I put it this way, involving at least one team from North Carolina. It might be both. I know many are just voting UNC versus NC State. Maybe that's the answer. We were just at the Aggie Eagle Classic. NC Central and North Carolina A&T have been rivals forever, part of the same conference forever. Lots of people show up, and those fan bases get energized every year, as we've enjoyed it every year during our big tailgate tour. 1-800-849-2761. Do you like Tiger more or less now than you did then, and have you changed? If so, why? And college rivalry week question for football fans. What is that best football rivalry involving at least one team in North Carolina? You could be next at 1-800-849-2761. As we look forward to basketball, NBA, and college, more on the NFL and college football, Zach and Durham will be our first phone caller. One thing I promised before the break. Lamar Jackson last year had the fifth most rushing yards in a single NFL season by a quarterback ever. And remember, he was not the starter for the chunk of that season. He did eventually win the starting job from Joe Flacco, and then he did lead the Ravens into the playoffs and did have that one disappointing outing against the Chargers in the postseason. But even last year, in that relative lack of time behind center, he had the most rushing attempts by a quarterback in a single season ever 
147 rushing attempts for Lamar, and he was barely the starter for half the year. That's the most in the history of the NFL. So I just plug some numbers in as we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761, and we'll give you more from Lamar Jackson from his appearances on our show over the years throughout today's program. Who are the comparables? See if you recognize most of these names. The number one rushing quarterback in the history of the NFL, yardage-wise, is Michael Vick. That was the comparison you heard last night as the Ravens were destroying the Rams on Monday Night Football, and Lamar Jackson was killing it with his legs and killing it with his arm. Ravens head coach John Harbaugh said last night, that is operating at the highest level you can operate as an NFL quarterback. That's a big compliment from a special teams guru and a longtime head coach and a Super Bowl champion, John Harbaugh, head coach of the Ravens. What else might you have seen last night? You know, Sean Merriman, the former linebacker slash edge rusher in the NFL. He calls Michael Jack- he calls Lamar Jackson Michael Vick 2.0 and the defensive coordinator last night for the Rams, the legendary D.C. Wade Phillips, called Jackson this era's Michael Vick. So the eyeball test suggests Michael Vick. The numbers suggest Michael Vick. And Lamar Jackson, remember, is only 22 years old and has a long, long, long way to go. When he started against the Chargers at the end of last year in that playoff game for the Ravens, he became the youngest quarterback ever to start an NFL postseason game. So at 22 years old, by the way, quick side note, he is a younger person than the leading candidate for this year's Heisman Trophy at the college football level, LSU QB Joe Burrow is older than Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. Just a point to ponder as I give you more of these comparables. Michael Vick, number one on the career rushing yards by a quarterback list. Randall Cunningham, I grew up with him as the Eagles starting quarterback. Not ancient history, that was more like the the 80s, etc., Number two on the quarterback career rushing yards list. Y'all have heard of Cam Newton, I know. Now, he and Lamar Jackson have some differences, no doubt about it, right? Michael Vick, leaner and quicker and more athletic like Lamar, although Lamar is a little thicker than Michael was. Neither of those guys, of course, as huge as Cam Newton, who is one of the greatest dual-threat quarterbacks of all time. The numbers back that up. But definitely a little bit of a twist in style between Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson's way, more similar to one another, Cam Newton, number three on that career rushing yardage list, but y'all have seen him, him with a front-row seat over the years. After that, it's guys like Steve Young of the 49ers, Russell Wilson of the Seahawks. I mean, Russell is not as much the dangerous pure running threat, in my opinion, than Michael Vick or Randall Cunningham or Cam Newton. So we're already down at number five. Russell Wilson's a heck of a pocket passer, and he can get you with his legs if he needs to, but he clearly would rather stay in the pocket, and he's a heck of a polished passer, especially at this stage of his career. Then you go to guys like Fran Tarkington from back in the day, Steve McNair, Donovan McNabb, John Elway is actually in that top 10 list, although he ran a lot more as a younger guy and not at all as a beat-up older guy as an NFL starting quarterback. The old-timers will actually tell you about in the 1950s and the 1960s, 60s, guys named Tobin Rote and Jack Kemp, etc., the dual threat quarterbacks of days long gone by. Lamar Jackson has a chance to be the man 
and even in year two at the NFL level, I think he's already one of the men as an, as a, uh, an MVP candidate this year. Michael Vick actually was in attendance last night at the Ravens win over the Rams in L.A. and told Yahoo Sports, I never thought I would see another guy come into the NFL that looks like me at the quarterback position. I watched Lamar this year, and I'm in shock. That's Michael Vick, the ultimate comparable, given those pleasantries in Lamar Jackson's direction. He is that dangerous. I think he's made the Ravens right up there with the Patriots and the 49ers and the Saints and the Seahawks as one of the best bets to make a run at a Super Bowl. And what he did last night, obviously, only underlined his MVP candidacy. Zach and Durham will get to on the college football rivalry question. What is the best football rivalry involving at least one team here in North Carolina at any level? You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. We know it's not going to be Alabama-Auburn or Army-Navy or Michigan-Ohio State, but we're going to make our try. Uh, since it's rivalry week in college football. Just one more thing on Lamar Jackson. Four touchdown passes and 50 or more rushing yards in back-to-back NFL games. He just did that. Never been done before in the history of the National Football League. If you're a fantasy person, fantasy football owner perhaps, do you know what quarterback has the most fantasy points ever through any 11 games in any regular season in the history of, I guess you'd say, the history of fantasy football? Lamar Jackson is the answer to that question as well. And if you're into QBR, not everybody likes that as a metric. It is certainly imperfect. But nobody had ever had three 99s as kind of their definition of perfect in QBR. Nobody in NFL history or in the history of QBR, a couple decades, has ever had three 99s in the same season. Now, that's Lamar Jackson. Remember, the guy famous for running, he has three perfect passing games against NFL defenses this season. That team, folks, has Lamar Jackson, a quarterback, Mark Ingram and others at running back, a top 10 defense statistically right now. A Super Bowl winning head coach in John Harbaugh. If you need a kicker, I'm looking at you, Joey Sly. If you need a kicker, Justin Tucker is probably the best kicker in the NFL. If you have a close game in the postseason against the Patriots or somebody else, that defense, that special teams guru as your head coach, John Harbaugh, that kicker, and especially now that quarterback, Lamar Jackson, to me it is the biggest development in the NFL so far this season. And it has changed the way I look at the chase for this year's Super Bowl. Zach and Durham hit us with the best rivalry in football involving at least one team from the great state of North Carolina. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, David. Um, I'm probably going to have to say it's North Carolina Central University and North Carolina A&T. Just seeing those two play out in any sport, honestly, is probably the greatest rivalry in any HBCU's personal opinion. Yeah. Um, and it's just homecomings there are just phenomenal to go to it's insane to see the energy of both crowds we can vouch because of our tailgate tour trips whether it's in durham or in greensboro as it was this year it is a full house most of the time uh persistent rain i think brought the numbers down a little bit this year and understandably so if you were standing in the middle of it as we were but we love the back and forth the, there's a some great camaraderie it's at its best, kind of like Duke Carolina in basketball. It's at its best when both teams are really, really good. And, for example, that has happened at times in basketball, Aggies and Eagles. 
it was that way, what was it, three or four years ago? I mean, NC Central and North Carolina A&T were two of the best college football teams at the FBS level in the entire country. The Eagles have kind of let their half of that equation slide. What was it, 50-something to nothing on Saturday, A&T over Central. But certainly the elements of a great rivalry are there for the most part, and they're at their best when both teams are really good. I have no problem with the Aggie Eagle Classic. I have no problem with State Carolina. It's just the, the contrast is striking to me that in many other sports, our greatest rivalries the, the world cares about, Duke, Carolina, and some others, and our greatest football rivalries for whatever reason, it's kind of like, you know what, on Thanksgiving, do you know what college football game is offered every year? Does anybody in our state really care about Mississippi versus Mississippi State? I mean, seriously. Darren, you're going to be at the Glenn household on Thanksgiving Day. If I remember correctly, obvious, we all know that the NFL takes over Thanksgiving Day in terms of TV programming, oh, yeah. maybe as well as any sport takes over any day on the calendar year, right? You have These days, you have three games. Back when I was growing up, it was only two. See you, young, unappreciative. Oh, I'm just kidding. Three <laughs> games of NFL football every Thursday, every turkey day. And we look forward to that on Thanksgiving Day. No NBA on Thursday. And I believe the only major college football game played is Mississippi-Mississippi State. So, you know, we got UVA, Virginia Tech, and other big games on Friday. You got Michigan, Ohio State, and other big games on Saturday. But I think the only game is Mississippi-Mississippi State. Isn't it symbolic? Like, however other – I don't even know our other sports TV options come Thursday. I, I can – I barely remember what I had for breakfast today. I haven't thought two days ahead. Maria, by the way, will be handling all cooking on Thanksgiving Day, Darren. Much to your relief, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know what our other sports TV options are. But I'll watch some NFL. I'll kick around whatever other possibilities are awaiting us. You going out of your way for Mississippi, Mississippi State? When does that game ever matter to people beyond those two fan bases? And sadly, I think our football rivalries are that way. I'm not saying they're not important to people around here. Of course they are. But when State and Carolina play on Saturday, we're excited. We're there with the big tailgate tour. Tar Heels have a chance at a bowl bid. Wolfpack has a chance to upset the apple cart and just ruin Mac Brown's first season. Leave it short of a bowl, right? Who doesn't want to do that to their rival? The fans, weather permitting, should show up in force, probably for both sides, with the Heels energized and having a chance at a bowl and the Wolfpack hosting their arch rival. It, it, Aggie Eagle Classic is the same way. Of course it matters to many, many, tens of thousands of people, maybe hundreds of thousands around here. But compared to those other sports, man, I feel like we're just sort of orphaned during college football's rivalry week. There's a lot of really big games. Even Virginia, Virginia Tech matters. When's the last time Virginia, Virginia Tech really mattered beyond the Commonwealth as a football game? It matters. I mean, it only matters, I guess, to see who's the sacrificial lamb for the Clemson Tigers in the ACC title game. But it matters more than it usually matters. It matters to somebody beyond the Commonwealth, like Dabo and his coaches are going to be watching that game. It matters to the Clemson Tigers, who have their own rivalry to deal with. Clemson, South Carolina, Georgia, Georgia Tech, right? All these rivalries, almost all of the big ones are this week. A few others have been scattered on other weekends in the college football calendar. Some early, some late. But for the most part, 90% of the biggest rivalries in college football are taking place here during Thanksgiving week. And I just kind of feel like we're left out. Tiger Woods' question of the day lingers. Do you like a more or less 
than you did 10 years ago. We asked that because 10 years ago tonight was the infamous hit the fire hydrant, marriage falls apart, 10 years without a major in the, in, in the aftermath. You can chime in on that one. Some think Tiger's so much, so much of a better person after learning from his mistakes of the past. Bad person, bad father, bad husband, bad teammate in the Ryder Cup and otherwise. Some people say they like him more now. Some say they didn't like him then and they still don't like him now. 1-800-849-2761. College football rivalry week question. What is the best football rivalry involving at least one team from North Carolina? Some App State fans will say since they don't get to play Carolina every year. Mountaineers beat the Tar Heels in Chapel Hill this year. They don't get to play Wake Forest every year. They'll say it's somebody like Georgia Southern. They were FCS rivals. Now they're Sunbelt FBS rivals. Is that the best rivalry involving at least one North Carolina team? we got to go out of state to find our best rivalry. You can jump in. I know at the high school level there are a lot of rivalries that mean a lot to a lot of people. I don't think any of the Panthers rivalries rises to the level of – it changes who you are for a week or at least a day pending the outcome of that game. You ever seen Duke or Carolina fans? Sometimes even Duke or Carolina players and coaches, after their side loses in a Duke-Carolina rivalry men's basketball game, it has been described as like a morgue in the hallways of those basketball offices sometimes when the Devils lose to the Heels or the Heels lose to the Devils. Is there anything that rises near that level on the gridiron in our state? You can jump in on that Thanksgiving week, rivalry week question of the day, 1-800-849-2761. More from Lamar Jackson in his own, own words on the other side. And as many believe, Wade Phillips said it, Sean Merriman said it, Michael Vick himself has said it, since many believe that Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick are the closest to the perfect comparables for each other. I've got a couple reminders about the differences between the two. Because whereas your eyeball test shows you some of the similarities, they're not duplicates, but there are enough similarities that I think statistically and according to the eyeball test, it is the best comparable for 22-year-old blossoming superstar Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. There are some distinct, if you know the Michael Vick story really well, and you're getting to know the Lamar Jackson story better, and I mean on and off the field, there are some distinct differences that I believe favor Lamar Jackson between Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson when you peel the onion a little bit. More on that story with more of your phone calls, 1-800-849-2761, next on The David Glenn Show throwback justice league you know batman wonder woman superman aquaman if there was a combine event where you had to talk to marine life aquaman is your guy zay jones is dominating the three cone drill aquaman is dominating the talk to porpoises drill this is the david glenn show people sound famous already look at us like that you know i'm still lamar um, people be like the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, I don't go by that. I'm Lamar. You know, <laughs> um, you know I just want to get treated as a regular person. I don't really see myself better as no one. You know, I just go throughout life, you know, just regular. <laughs> Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That was Lamar Jackson on one of his visits here on the David Glenn Show. From his time with the Louisville Cardinals, he did pick up a Heisman Trophy there along the way. 
as he was the superstar of NFL Week 12 and the superstar last night on Monday Night Football, Ravens 45, Rams 6. Lamar Jackson continues to put up MVP-like numbers. As we come back to your calls on the Tiger Woods question of the day, 10 years after the infamous fire hydrant night, do you like Tiger more? Do you like him less? Did you never change your mind at all? That's the question of the day for golf fans, as Tiger, remember, is still number two on the majors list, did get number 15 earlier this year at the Masters. He is the number one most dominant golfer ever in his prime, and that was the biggest, ugliest public moment in the downswing of his public or of his professional and personal lives. Fascinating story today at usatoday.com by Josh Peter, where they tracked down the vehicle, the neighbors, the police officer, some of the mistresses, and others related to that event from 10 years ago tonight. 1-800-849-2761. Phil is listening while driving on I-40. I did promise one thing. As the Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson con uh, comparisons continue. Quick life lesson first. I don't think it's in the audio that you carved out today, Darren. You can correct me if I'm wrong about that. But I know that Lamar Jackson told us on one of his visits here that when he first got to Louisville, and if you can't learn from this, maybe if you hit a dark time in your life or maybe you're in a dark time right now, when he got to Louisville, his analogy for when he went from high school quarterback in Florida to college quarterback under Bobby Petrino, who has some pretty advanced ideas as a quarterback's guru and an offensive uh, quarterback, uh, an offensive coach of note for a long time, then the Louisville head coach. Lamar Jackson compared that moment to looking at the Louisville football playbook as if you were looking at a book that was written in a foreign language that you had never studied before. And he admitted it freely. I was scared to death, DG. I even called my mama. Who wants to admit that in the testosterone-filled world of football? The violent game of football. The tough guy game of football. I was scared to the point I called my mom and said I wanted to come home. I don't understand this stuff. Bobby Petrino is speaking a different language. I think it's English. But I don't, I don't understand the diagrams. I don't understand the terminology. I'm not ready for this. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. His mom would have none of it. Stay there. Stick with it. He went from a deer-in-the-headlights pocket passer who had to rely on his athleticism in every snap to the guy who became enough of a dual threat that he won the Heisman Trophy one year and then, remember, put up similar numbers the following year. 1-800-849-2761. The other part of the Lamar Jackson stuff that I promised before the break. I agree that the closest comparison, again, it's not a duplicate. They're not perfect parallels. But when you pour over that list of, you know, Tim Tebow and Randall Cunningham and Steve McNair and Steve Young and Russell Wilson and Cam Newton and the young John Elway and Donovan McNabb and Fran Tarkington and Steve McNair, all these comparables from the past. Michael Vick is the best comparable. I just want to remind you of this because I think Lamar Jackson's story has a much better chance at sustaining itself and having an even higher ceiling than Michael Vick's did. Remember, Vick never ended up being a Super Bowl championship quarterback. One of the most electrifying athletes at any position I have ever seen, and to his credit, a four-time pro bowler. So it's not like he was just an athlete. He wasn't just a runner. He was electrifying as the Atlanta Falcons starter for a while in the early 2000s. 
And then after being out of the NFL for a couple years because of the dogfighting stuff, he hooked up with Andy Reid and became the best version of himself around 2010 as the Philadelphia Eagles starter. Bounced around at the end of his career with the Jets and the Steelers. But best work with the Eagles, pretty good work with the Falcons. But remember these differences between Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick. And we know this in part because we've interviewed Lamar, including about his upbringing, about his family. Michael Vick did not have the same kind of family support that Lamar Jackson has right now. Lamar Jackson told us stories about his uber-strong mom. He did not grow up in a household without a dad. He actually described himself to us as a daddy's boy until the age of eight when his dad died of a heart attack. He said, I became a mama's boy in part because I had to become a mama's boy. And then he told us stories of his mom getting in like pads and a helmet and playing tackle football with him and his siblings after his dad died of a heart attack when Lamar was only eight years old. He was both a daddy's boy and a mama's boy in his childhood. Michael Vick, the more research you do, the more you'll appreciate how messed up his family dynamic was. Number two. Michael Vick, by the way, the projects of Newport News, Virginia, a place where he said, if I didn't have sports, I don't know if I would have gotten out. Lots of bad things happened to a lot of my childhood friends. That's in Michael Vick's own words over the years. Number two, Michael Vick did not have good habits as a young NFL quarterback in terms of his approach to strength and conditioning or video study or practice habits, etc. Charles Davis recent guest on our show from the NFL on Fox, said he was shocked and impressed at Lamar Jackson's physical development just from his rookie NFL year to this year. That means you're taking strength and conditioning seriously. Michael Vick knew he was one of the best athletes on the field and took it for granted. That's in his own words. He didn't learn the right way to approach pro football until he got to Philadelphia. That's Michael Vick's own description of his own immaturity back in the day. Lamar Jackson apparently works overtime and is into video study, and obviously has already evolved his strength and conditioning in an impressive way. Number three, Michael Vick did not play in as much of a pro-style offense in college. He was at Virginia Tech. That was a different approach. Successful, they played in the national championship game under Frank Beamer with Michael Vick, but different than what Bobby Petrino was teaching Lamar Jackson at Louisville. That is another significant advantage. And finally, Michael Vick kept some really, really bad dudes in his inner circle. That's, again, by Michael Vick's own description, the dogfighting ring and otherwise traceable to the childhood friends that he never quite pushed out of his inner circle. You know who's in Lamar's inner circle? His mom and his three siblings. He lives with them near Baltimore as we speak, and there's only one person from Florida in their inner circle. Those are four big differences, and they reflect well on Lamar Jackson back after this. Megan Rapino is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is the David Glenn Show. On college football, Heather Denich of ESPN. On the NFL, Will Brinson of CBS Sports. He saw this Lamar Jackson thing coming. Next. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo U and Agriculture U. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show.